Good afternoon. So excited to be back for another episode on the Harmonious Marriage Podcast. Today's session is sponsored by Yassi and Miriam Raskin in honor of their anniversary on Tubishvat. We wish them much mazel and success, lots of nachas from each other and from their beautiful family, and may we always share simchas. Thank you again, Yassi and Miriam. Happy anniversary. Today's topic is going to be based on Shalom Bayes' inspirations. I've got a couple of ideas that I have gleaned over the years from different people. Particularly, uh, there's about 30 or so inspirational quotes that I have written down that really make a big difference. Some of them I've heard over the years from different speakers. Some I will give credit to Mrs. Toby Leader, and some I have read in different books or seen as inspirational quotes but all of them have one thing in common. They can inspire you to do something better for yourself and your marriage today. So the first one is failing to plan is planning to fail. Meaning if we don't put the effort to plan what we're going to do in honor of say a date night or what day it's going to be, or what time it's going to be, or which babysitter we're going to use, and put in a plan that could be perpetual, it could be a one-time, or it could be for every month, then failing to plan is planning to fail. On the day, the babysitter may not be available, the restaurant might be booked, you or your husband might have booked something else in your calendar. I believe, let's plan. Let's put it into our calendars as a repeat date night, whether it's 6.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock, whatever night of the week works for you, including Motei Shabbat. Because remember, failing to plan is planning to fail. Another important inspiration is what gets praised gets repeated. If we see something nice in our spouse, it is so important to praise it to shower the kind words, to compliment it, because if you want a way to get it repeated, it surely needs to be noticed. So what gets praised gets repeated and what you focus on increases. If you focus on the positive, that will increase. If you focus on the good words between the two of you, on the good banter, on spending time together, on being less critical, on being less judgmental, you will see incredible results. Um, another inspiration that has been an oldie but a goodie is give a person what they need, they'll give you what you want. If one of you is halishing for something and have been asking for it, whether it's a specific dinner or a specific gift or a specific day out or a specific birthday present or a specific time, spending time in a specific way, and we keep resisting, 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 it's not fulfilling the need of our spouse. Let's give the person what they need, not what we think they need, but what they actually tell us they need. And they'll give us what we want. Whatever you say, make sure it leaves the other person feeling good. Never leave to work or leave home in a bad way. Always give a kind word, whether it's a kiss or a hug or a pleasant word to your spouse before you leave for the day and when you come home. We see in Shema, we tell Hashem, via Hafta, we love Hashem. At least we say it twice a day. 
How much more so we need to tell our spouse, a human being, how much we love each other, how much we cherish each other, and just even wishing you luck today with your test, with your client, with your appointment, wishing each other well brings good things into the world and gives our spouse a bounce in their step knowing that we're thinking of them. Say, what can I do for you rather than what can you do for me? It's so important to remember when we do for another, we're actually giving ourselves the act of kindness makes us into a better person, brings good feeling, and generally a feeling of well-being. When you ask your partner, what can I do for you to make it easier? Watch them melt because they may feel too vulnerable to share with you what they want. But if you're asking, then they may feel comfortable to tell you. This is a really hard one. Try listening to the other without one single interruption. This is really hard, especially when there are lulls in the conversation, you might be tempted to jump in. But actually, I've practiced not responding in the lull. And all of a sudden, a great new idea that I never thought of came out of my husband's mouth because I actually let him finish his sentence. So try listening to the other without one single interruption. Another biggie. If something breaks in the house or if an appointment was missed or if something fell through, it's hard. But better to say, this is Hashkacha Pratis, which we know Hashem is doing for the best, or Gamzu Latava, or even big deal. How important will this be in five years from now? But if it is a biggie, we can always do the Rabbi Akiva. Everything Hashem does is for the best. In addition, to know Tracht Gut, Fetzayin Gut, Thinking Good, will bring a positive effect into our life. And by thinking hashkacha practice, it will take the sting out because you really know Hashem has your back. So that's something important. Another thing I noticed when I was recently in Eretz Yisrael are the rings that said, Gamze Ya'avar. I wanted to buy one for myself. They didn't have my size, but had I wished, they had it. Shlomo HaMelech once asked jewelers to commission a beautiful, beautiful ring for him. Some bore crusted gold and diamond and gems and others bore all types of interesting types of ivory and all types of materials. But the one Shlomo HaMelech, King Shlomo, King Solomon settled on was a simple ring that had three words on it. Gam ze ya'avar. This too shall pass. In good times, enjoy it because we don't know how long this positivity will be around. And in hard times, Make sure you know that the wheel is about to turn for the better. Gamze Ya'avar, this too shall pass. You are feeling down today. You're feeling not in your best element. You're feeling like the shades are down. Go and do acts of kindness to another. Text someone. Find an older person in the community that's lonely. Send them a loving message or drop off a magazine or bring them a bowl of soup. You will feel instantly picked up. Okay, we spoke about this last week, but it's a good one. We'll do it again. Try and make a criticism-free day, then a week, then a month. Criticism is poison for marriage. 3,500 were men were asked, what would you rather have? A criticism-free day or a good night activity tonight? And do you know what 95% of them said? A criticism-free day. Ladies, let's take that upon ourselves. The law of attraction, the world is like a mirror. 
If you show a smiling face, the other person will smile back in turn. If you show an angry face or angry tone of voice, you're going to elicit that from the other person. So important to try and look at the world as a mirror and give a smile, give a positive vibe. Okay, people come before things. So the cup broke, so the dinner burnt, so the car has a little ding. People come before things. The things can be repaired, but the things that we say cannot always be taken back. All right, another idea is love can cost a lot, but not loving can cost even more. Yes, it does cost money to get a babysitter, to go on a date, perhaps to buy flowers for your spouse or to buy a sandwich and drop it off to your husband's office. But guess what? It says in Perke Avos, buy yourself a friend. How much more so our spouse? Another idea. It's the small things in life that make the big difference. It's not always the big gifts, the big words, the big experience. Sometimes it's the constant small thing, the cup of coffee that your husband brings to you, the cup of tea that you give to him, the smile, the kind words between you. These make a big difference. And as Mrs. Leader says, we need 14 cuddles a day just for maintenance. So halavai, we make sure when we're able to and we're permitted to, we give a physical hug and kiss, hand, hold, or just a general good, close feeling to each other many times a day. Catch and reinforce and compliment a good act, it'll be repeated. And this is the most important one for the day. The real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing in the right place, but even more so to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. The real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing in the right place, but even more so to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. That is so beautiful and so true. And it's all in our perspective. It's all in our attitude. You are not realizing how much history you're making. Your children are watching you. Your neighbors are watching. Your students are watching. When you have Shalom in your home, you're spreading the love one bedroom at a time. And I will give one more that I think is so important. Instead of thinking what you need, think of what you're needed for. So important. And this way we know that we're always on the giving end. May Hashem bless us to always be on the giving end. And it's always nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. So now I'm going to take you to a book that I picked up in the airport and absolutely love it. Can I put it down? It's called Click or Clash by Dr. Allie Walker, which demystifies relationships. It shows why some people click with you and why some people might clash or how you can minimize a clash. It's a connection and compatibility of types of people that will transform our relationships in love, friendship, and work. And one of the passages I want to read really struck me. We are all looking for ourselves and each other. As we go through life, we are looking to be witnessed, recognized, and validated. Connecting with others is more powerful than just having someone to call at the end of the day or being part of a group that spends holidays together. 
It's not just about collaborating with colleagues or sharing a meal. It is much deeper than that. And it's about survival, both physical and emotional. Such is our dependence on one another for safety and security that throughout human history, being socially isolated would inevitably lead to death. Recent research has been carried out on the effects of loneliness on our physical health, showing that a lack of human connection and social isolation can lead to ill health, depression, addiction, antisocial behavior, and in some cases, and early passing. A study from 2015 showed that loneliness and social isolation have been more negative on our health than obesity, smoking, or substance abuse. Again, loneliness is worse for our health than smoking, obesity, or substance abuse. And let me tell you this, when we were growing up, we learned that smoking and substance abuse were bad. We also learned that eating nutritious food was good. But did we learn about the powerful impacts of being in a relationship or the opposite, the loneliness on our health and well-being? And a 2012 study showed that loneliness increases the risk of early passing by 45%. I won't go through the other things. On the flip side, there's a striking impact on our health and well-being when we have positive relationships. People with strong ties to family and friends have as much as a 50% less risk of dying early than those with fewer social connections. The benefits are enhanced when we belong to social groups rather than just simply engaging socially as individuals. So basically, what we know is that when we have a loving partner or when we are trying to look for a loving partner, we should know that being connected in the relationship is so important. When the kids grow up and move out, we have each other. Let's invest in the relationship right now, right here, and make it better and best so that we have each other throughout the years, throughout the childhood years, and throughout the years when the children leave and we have each other reconnecting again on that special level. If we made mistakes, we can always repair our relationship. We could walk with our spouse. We can exercise with a spouse. We can go to show with them. We could learn with them. We could eat together a special meal a few times a week or make a special dish for them on Shabbos. We could have date night. We could listen to music together that we both enjoy. If you're a child of the 80s or 90s, you might have music that your children may not like, but you and your spouse love them. Put it on. Put on the MBD, Abraham Fried, Shweki, et cetera, et cetera. Even if your kids think... That's old fashioned. If you love it, it takes you back to good times, put it on. We must have meaning in life together. We must have purpose to have meaning. What is our identity? What are our values as a, fa a family, as a husband and wife? And it's so important to know that what is fear? Fear is false evidence appearing real. Just like when a spider is crawling towards us, if we just give it a second before we kill it, it may just walk away. Let's wait and see. Is what we think really going to happen? Right? Let's not put so much pressure on ourselves, believing that things that are about to happen are going to happen. Let's try and wish for better things and make them actually happen. The only things you can control are three things. Your thought, speech, and action. How am I behaving this week that's better than last week? Am I using positive words? Am I respectful? I can't control how others respond, but I can make sure my side of the road is squeaky clean. As Laura Doyle says in her book, we have the feminine power to make space for others. And we want things to be received well. 
we need to receive them well. We need to receive from our husbands. We need to show gratitude and thanks for the small things. And we will get bigger and bigger and bigger things because when we show gratitude and we receive as in the Sephiros, Malchus is the receiving. Malchus is the one, the, the attribute of women. The men are mashpia, the woman is makabal. If we receive well, we will make sure that our husband is feeling like the husband he always wished to be. We are validating them. And we can always make it better. We can always repair. We can always restore. Reach out to me if you want some more ideas. And let us kill everyone with kindness. Be so kind to everyone around us that they will only have one choice, to be kind back to us. So on that note, I wish you a very, very happy week. And may we grow in our love. Remember, the first letter in the Torah is a bet. The last letter in the Torah is a lamed. Together, it spells lev, heart, love. The word ahava, the root is hav, ani hav, I give. Echad and ahava, both equal, gematria of 13. So I wish everyone love, passion, beauty in your relationship, and may we see the ultimate relationship of Hashem and B'nai Yisrael with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you so much.